What's up, guys? Alex Contreras alongside Tyler Wilson. Welcome to another episode of Happy New Year of Marlins Barbecue. Got a couple ribs on deck, some beef ribs on deck on the grill, a couple brews open, a couple Florida men's, a couple high lies, a couple space dusk. Tyler, how you doing, man? How you feeling? I have to think about this. If the Marlins were an, an actual menu item at a barbecue, what would they be? I got a little bit of take here. I think it'd be bratwurst, okay? You never really want bratwurst at the barbecue, but if it's there, you might like it. It might be the star of the show. The Marlins were the star of the show twice. So I'm going to go with the Marlins would be bratwurst at a barbecue. Have you ever had blackened Marlin? Um, no, but I would like to try it. My guy. Blackened swordfish, same thing. Blackened marlin, it's amazing. I don't like to confess it, but I, that's my one of my favorite go-to plates, seafood plates. Period. Hey man, real quick, man. Shout out to Tom Brady, the Tampa Bay Bucks Super Bowl champs, seven-time Super Bowl champion Tom Brady, and that gets me thinking, man. It, it gets you thinking about the goats and all the sports. You think about Tom Brady, you think LeBron James, Michael Jordan. Derek Jeter. That gets me thinking, bro. Is there ever going to be a time where the Marlins are going to ever have a guy like that? Are we going to have a guy like that? Maybe a Sixto Sanchez, maybe a Brian Anderson. I mean, come on. So if I'm going to go with anywhere, I'm going to go with Sixto Sanchez. Um, I think he has the opportunity to be what Jose Fernandez never had the chance to be. Um, so I think Sixto can go down as that Marlin guy because honestly, in his history, I don't think the Marlins has that one guy just based on how the franchise has always played out. They've never had the franchise guy from start to finish that was a superstar. Is this going to change with the new ownership? Maybe, maybe not. But it's, I don't think it's Brian Anderson because, like I said, I don't think Brian Anderson's might not be on the team forever. Um, so until I even see that extension, to me, he could be like a Jeff Conine. Um, great, you know, average player. And then the, he just sticks with the team for a long period of time. But I think six, though, has a potential to be special. Speaking of Sixto Sanchez, JT Real Muto finally came to terms. It was at five years, 115 million with Philadelphia. We're happy that he got his guap. He's turned up. You know what I'm saying? Um, but shout out to to that trade, man. If we, we didn't net that trade, we wouldn't landed a Sixto Sanchez or a Jorge Alfaro. Speaking of Alfaro, man, this is a, a guy that lots of us are expecting a bounce back year. Uh, including the front office. They, they want him to produce. They want him to be a steady guy in this Marlins offense. We know he has a cannon of an arm. Is he ready to take the lead and really step up and show that he's worked on his framing and his defense as a Marlins catcher? This is a tough question because it really comes down to it because, honestly, Jorge Alfaro is really the only thing they got. You're not going to throw Sandy Leone out there for an extended period of time. You're not really going to throw Chad Wallach out there. So you, you pretty much all your eggs are in the Jorge Alfaro basket. And he might – he's going to strike out a lot. And he's going to be inconsistent. He's going to have he's going to have good power. That it's going to be inconsistent. But I believe in him. And I think the front office believes in him. And with that being said, I think everyone should believe in him. And so proven otherwise, but I think it really, I think, what do you want Jorge Alfaro to be? You know, Jorge Alfaro, he's, he's, man, is he a budget Gary Sanchez or is Gary Sanchez on Jorge Alfaro on the same level? I, I don't need, uh, Jorge Alfaro just needs to be serviceable. He just needs to not be bad and everyone else on the team has to be good. So that's what I think, kind of think about Jorge. I mean, 
I love the comparisons and, and thinking Gary Sanchez is a guy that you can compare to Jorge Alfaro, but quite frankly, Jorge hasn't produced the amount of runs or home runs that Gary Sanchez has. You know what I'm saying? We can both agree that they're both uh, below average uh, when it comes to defense, or it could be better when it comes to uh, framing at the plate. Yeah, we can agree on that. You know, right now, would I take a Gary Sanchez or a Jorge Alfaro? I don't know, man. It's a flip of the coin because really, like, I would love the Gary Sanchez 30 home run, 40 home run pop, but who's to say that Jorge Alfaro can't do that? You know what I'm saying? I want, I want him, I want him to turn it up. I would love for him to turn it up, at least hit 20 home runs for this team, work on his framing, and just take the role as a starting catcher, be a leader for this team, and have fans when we finally come back to the to the stadium, chance of hip hip Jorge. Alfaro ground ball back straight up the middle. In comes Monte. It's a Marlins win. <laughs> Look at Alfaro as he's mobbed by his teammates. I don't know. I think it'll come and go, but I think really a big loss for this team was Francisco Cervelli. Um, I think it was a major loss just for the pitching staff in general because they, he was able to be that leader for him. I don't know if Jorge Alfaro can step up in that place because I do know that young pitching staff really leaned on Cervelli a lot, uh, just in the mentorship and being able to assist them catching uh, pitching through the game. So I hope Alfaro learns some things because he's definitely going to have to show it. Look, Cervelli, everybody loves Cervelli, man. You know what I'm saying? Francisco came in here, stole everybody's hearts, did his thing. But you know what I'm saying? He got the the, the concussion that in, inevitably pushed him into retiring. You know what I'm saying? Um, shout out to him. He's doing his work. Uh, covering the Caribbean World Series, the uh, the winter winter league baseball league, uh, with uh, EVC, Danny Alvarez and them, uh, out in Venezuela, pretty cool. Mickey Rowe, I know, participated in that in as well. Um, but right now we got the guy uh, who's a veteran leader that can come into this with the minor league option is Sandy Leone. You know what I'm saying? We're not expecting Sandy Leone come in here and 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 steal our hearts and take the league by storm. You know what I'm saying? But Sandy's a, a veteran guy that's going to come in here and just teach these younger guys what it is to do, how to manage a whole pitching rotation. You know what I'm saying? From the bullpen to the rotation, period. Guys, younger guys, old guys. And I hope that he rubs off on Alfaro and Wallach. You know what I'm saying? Not offensively, but at least defensively. Yeah, and I have to agree on that, but I don't want all my eggs in Sandy Leon's basket either. Like, let's see, Sandy Leon for his career is a whopping two sixteen hitter. Nobody um, said so, throw your uh, throw all your <laughs> eggs in the basket with him. Nobody said that. I'm yeah, saying, I don't even know like, if, if, he's, we, if you're talking about Francisco Cervelli compared to Sandy Leon. You know what I'm saying? This is basically what they're going to provide hand to hand. You know what I'm saying? Nobody was expecting Cervelli to come up, come over here and provide what he did, and yet again he came in here and did what he did. Like he he, he made an impact. So whatever Leon gives you, great. And if he doesn't give you anything, great too. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's a whole different, like, perspective from last year. Like, it was a 60-game stretch. Like, anything could have happened. We're going back to 162 games. You know what I'm saying? We're going back to having minor league baseball. So a lot of these guys are going to go back to minor league affiliates. Yeah, and this is true. And uh, Leon, I guess, has some value. I don't know if it'll ever lead into anything. I'm curious. I'll ask the pitchers whenever they report. I'll be like, hey, what do you think about Sandy? And I, I, I'm really excited to get an honest opinion on them. 
because uh, whenever Cervelli was there, um, it was in spring training. It was very everybody was like Cervelli's really good. So hey, you know I'll give Sandy Leon a chance. So but if I whenever I ask the pitchers, I'm, I want to hear what they got to say about Sandy Leon, and uh, I'm curious on what their response is going to be. Speaking of the pitchers, man, we're going into spring training. We're less than ten days away. I don't know what is it nine, eight, seven. I don't know how many days away now, but. I know that we're close to Valentine's Day, and that always means that pitches and catches, you know what I'm saying, that battery love. <laughs> no better time to report. So it gets me thinking about, yo, this rotation. We got Sandy. We got Pablo. We got Lilo Sanchez. We got Sixto, uh, Trevor Rogers. Those names are all cool and everything, but there's not really like a, a, a steady guy there that's like, all right, this is a veteran guy going to come in here and take 200 innings. You know what I'm saying? Is that a little bit of a concern? Honestly, like, I would love the Marlins to go out there and finish, like, in second and third place. But realistically, just looking at this and the lack of moves and everything that's going on and all the improvements in the NL East, dude, I feel like we're, we're, we're running for fourth place right now. Are we for sure Sandy Alcantara and Sixto can't get to about 180 to 200 innings? You're just going to throw 180 at Sixto like that out of nowhere? Yeah, I think so. Uh, because I don't think that they were going to release him. He, he kind of proved it last year. I think he's good to go. He's ready to run. I, I do think the chain is, is the chain's off on him. He, he will run and they will give him, they'll give him room because here's the thing. They kind of have to. What about uh, Pablo and Lilo Hernandez and Edward Cabrera? And you know what I'm saying? All right, something's got to get here. We got, we got five starters, only five starting spots. And, and let's, we'll uh, I mean, who says, you know what I'm saying, it's the traditional five-man rotation, but baseball's evolving. Who says we can't go out there and have a six-man rotation? I think this roster would be the best way to do it. I think this is the kind of roster where you need to go six. And I, I honestly, would you be surprised if they traded one of the starting pitchers this year for, for more depth? It wouldn't surprise me at all, and I think it's something that the team actually needs to do because you got a lot more pitchers that are actually on the cusp of breaking out or breaking into the roster, which we kind of got to have room for. You can have all the talent in the world, but if you don't let it play, then you never actually see the talent. Yeah, a lot of interesting uh, gaps or gaps or blocks at certain positions. Speaking of that, Major League Baseball and the Players Association came to terms uh, towards this new season, they agreed on the extra innings rule with the runner on second base. They agreed on the 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 double headers being seven innings, but however, they didn't agree on the universal DH. How is that affecting our Miami Marlins? We got a little black now at first base between Jesus Aguilar, Gary Cooper, and Lewin Diaz. What the hell are we gonna do, Tyler? Um, I punt. Like, I don't think there's really anything you can do. It's an extremely rough situation because not only is it a log jam, honestly, at first, it's a log jam in the corners out of the outfield. You know, like at some point, we got to also see these outfielders coming up. I'm really excited. I'm so excited to see the Lewis, Brinson, Monte Harrison experience again, um, but I'm not. I'd like to see something else. You got Corey Dickerson always going to be there and left. And so what, we got to see these outfielders eventually play. I think what they can honestly push – uh, for a start at around September time, but I we got to see these players play. We got to see these young outfielders. We got to see what they got. I mean, it's really I'm not excited to see these players. Honestly, I need first base to get opened up. I need the DH to be opened up, and we got to let these outfielders try and get through. Who do you think 
in your opinion, is the best team so far in the NL East? All the improvements made. Is it the Mets, the Phillies, the Braves, the Nets? I think the Braves win the East. I think the Nationals are the best team in the East. That's, so you think, that would be my that would be my bet. So you think the Nats are gonna win it this year? Uh, I think the I think no, I, I do think the Braves will win the East, but I think that the Nationals have more of a chance to actually do damage in the playoffs. I think the Nationals are the better team designed for the playoffs. And I think the Braves will do their traditional, hey, we did really great in the regular season and we're out of the playoffs. So give me your your standings, final standings. Uh Braves, Nationals. Mets, Phillies, Marlins. There you have it, Tyler Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, Tyler Wilson coming in to throw water on the barbecue. <laughs> you ready for this? I also said they were last place last year. So keep going with that, man. You know, what was it? Uh, Max from uh, ESPN said that. Tom Brady was done years ago, and look at him now. <sighs> yeah, I just don't know if this team can compete. That's my big problem with the Marlins right now. They're not poised. I, they're doing exactly what I want them to do, and I think they're doing exactly what they should be doing. And exactly what they should be doing is very, very simple. All of these teams in the East are spending. The Marlins just aren't in position right now to win. So I kind of like what they're doing. They're laying low. They're honestly, they're letting the talent come through. They're starting to see where the talent's at. They're going to see where the holes are. They're going to spend to fix the holes. So they're doing exactly what I want them to do just because I don't think they can compete right now in the least this year. And honestly, probably not next year, but maybe the year after when everything's kind of there. All right, Daniel Del Vivo here with us at Marlins Barbecue alongside Tyler Wilson riding the fire. Danny, how are you feeling about these Marlins movements or lack of movements in the free agency market? Uh, let's see. So I'm not I'm not in either of the extremes. Um, you know, I'm not in the in the hey, we're fine, you know, prospects. That's enough. And uh, with that, we're gonna be amazing and, and, and win the NL East. I'm not there. But I'm also not in the, you know, we're back to Lori at times, which is what a lot of a lot of people are kind of, you know, getting to, you know, like uh, everything is, you know, we're screwed um, and everything is grim. Um, we're 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 broke and uh, we're not going to do anything. It's going to be last place. That's not me either. Uh, I do feel like we um, we have a better team than when we started last season. Um, and our kids are developing. So there's, there is things coming up. There are things coming up. And I do believe that there is going to be more um, addition to this team. I don't think they're done. What's the addition? What's the addition? Um, yeah. I think two more, a bullpen and a bat. One, you know, one, one. Um, I do believe so. I, I saw the the command, the command um, interview as as um, you know GM move. I didn't see it as as throwing out excuses. I saw it as hey, let's get some leverage for our negotiations um, because since the beginning of the of the you know of the off season, she's been saying that expect trades and then you know we never I mean, we knew they weren't gonna break the bank or anything like that, but. Um, 
they were going to do things, you know, bass and two, the uh, rule fives. That's it's not, you know, that's not how, how, how we're going to go into the season. I don't think so. Maybe, but, you know, if you ask me, I, I don't believe so. <clears throat> what are you guys' thoughts on it? Did you already discuss it? Well, basically, like, I look at it, man, and, like, I feel like, yeah, Kim Angs came in here and she, she, she's done a couple moves. She signed Bass to a two-year contract. Um, you know, uh, we, we got traded for Federico Polanco after the Yamamoto trade. Um, but, like, really like that, we haven't had names like, wow, that have been our minds have been blown away. Like, as, as Marlins fans, I don't mind it either. You know what I'm saying? I know that there's a plan that we got to stick to it and we got to kind of like be smart about investing into players in the free agency market. You know what I'm saying? If, if, if anybody taught us that, it was Loria. You know what I'm saying? Like we gave this terrible contract to Wei Yang Chang and that's the last thing that we want to do now. You know what I'm saying we want, we're a small we're a small market team and we got to be smart and knowledgeable about who we invest into it. That being said, like I feel like we like I feel like the Marlins low key backtracked and they 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 need they're backpedaling now on what they said against Brian Anderson. You know what I'm saying? They're getting Brian Anderson's agents mad. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, Brian Anderson's a, a professional player and he's gonna go about his business, but he's a guy that needs to get paid his money. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I think that, yeah, he needs to get paid his money, but at the same time, I don't want to, like, bet the whole entire house on him, and I don't also want to bet the whole entire house on somebody in the free agency market. Also, like, that gets me, like, so conflicted because, like, you look at MLB and all the rosters and all the salaries that they have across baseball, it's like, dude, look, what the hell are the the, the L.A. Dodgers? What's their payroll right now? It's, like, over $230 million. The yeah. Marlins are, like, $50 million. <clears throat> Broward just signed for, like, $40 million. You know what I'm saying? On an annual average. So it's like, dude, the and like we thought we had it bad. The Pittsburgh Pirates, their freaking roster is uh, under $30 million. So how crazy is that? If we think we got it bad or other fans got it bad, like, damn, think about those damn Pirates. You know what I'm saying? Like, what the hell is MLB doing? Like, they need to, like, really resolve this problem because this is really becoming a conflict. I don't know if you saw my tweet, but uh, Trevor Bauer actually makes more than uh, the Pirates and the Indians, and I think one other team combined. Yeah, we're insane. fourth. We're fourth. We, we're like five millions above Bauer. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I hear you. You know, I, I absolutely understand where you're coming from, and I do understand people that are exaggerating and there are, you know, mad right now because 2021, you know, we started this rebuild in 2018. 2021 was when we are supposed to invest right? Hey, we're going to start the rebuild, bring in, um, you know, kids. Let's, let's, and that, that's happened. We have a top five farm system. That's, that's a given. Um, but this was the year where we we're supposed to, okay, let's bring somebody cool. And, you know, like not a crazy big contract, but something interesting, you know, we're not even going for the three, four or 5 million guys. So I do understand, but on the other hand, we need to understand, I mean, some owners were hit harder than others on the, the, the pandemic, you know, it's, it's happening. There's no revenue. Um, in terms of, 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 of attendance and, and, and all that good stuff that I, I believe even one of their biggest revenue streams, which is the, um, the, 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 um, what's it called? The shared, uh, shared profit. I remember what the exact word is. Um, but that one's also stopped, I believe, uh, at least for last year. So, um, it's a problem. It's an issue. Uh, I do feel like they're not in the best place financially, but I hope that, you know, during this year, we can, you know, they can 
get back, you know, to the black and 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 really start adding more to the prospects. It's just the prospects. Only the prospects is not going to be enough. Well, who did you want to see? That's what I'm curious. Like, who do people want to see? Um. Well, I know people were talking about a Lindor. They wanted to trade for the Lindor. I thought it was I think too that's early too for like much. a Lindor. Yeah. It's premature. Agreed. I mean, that's, you know, with a Lindor, if you're going to trade your prospects for a Lindor, you're going to have to have a plan to re-sign him. To what about a Wilson? Later on. What about a Wilson Contreras? A Wilson you know Contreras would have been amazing. But I mean, John Heyman's out there putting tweets that his $6 million would be too much for the Marlins. You know, I mean, I couldn't believe it when I read it, but now it's, you know, it's, maybe it's true. I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think so, but um, it's kind of what they've been showing us. As I said, I believe that they're going to sign trade for a couple more pieces, but, but yeah, Contreras would be amazing. That'd be exactly what we needed because it's not just the offense. It's, it's, it's the defense and it's the receiving for, for the pitchers. So um, yeah, Contreras would be the ideal solution, I think. Man, I think this whole Corona, the pandemic that we're living in really like set us back, set everybody back, like the whole world back, obviously, you know what I'm saying? Because we all had to slightly take a couple steps back before we can really move forward uh, as a whole planet. Um, that being said, man, I really hope that the Marlins can really get it together. Like that, at the end of the day, like trying to stay positive, like it's not a, a, a bad thing that we didn't do anything really. You know what I'm saying? Because if you really look at the team, like you said, like we got a good team compared to the team we had last year. So we got some depth and we got to give playing time to these young guys. I mean, Tyler, how you feel? I mean, you talking about you were talking about Monte Harrison that you're not amped up about Monte. Like, are you not amped up about anybody else in the in the minor leagues? Like, look at the guys that got invited. Peyton Peyton Burdick is a complete stud that I'm excited to see. JJ Black Day is another guy. Uh, Connor Scott. You know what I'm saying? So we got guys down there in the in, in the minor leagues that have potential and they just need playing time. You know what I'm saying? If you've already getting ready to throw a towel in on a Lewis Brinson or a Monte Harrison, which I think is premature to throw in the towel on Monte, but that's just me. Okay, I will say this. I think I was one of the biggest Lewis Brinson supporters last year. Um, immediately in spring training, I said, this guy's different. He's changed. Um, so it's not that I don't like Lewis Brinson. It's just it's time's up. Like we got to see Misner, we got to see Burdick, and I like them both a lot, actually a lot, and I love Bleday too. So that's three outfielders for pretty much what two spots, one spot really. So because I also have a big fan of Connor Scott, even though you're not going to see him this year, but it's not that I don't like Monty Harrison. It's just I don't think Monty Harrison is going to fit. Monty Harrison is just kind of going to be there for a minute, and he's just going to be gone. He's not. No one's going to tell me Monte Harrison is in the long-term plans for the Miami Marlins. Would you be sh- would you be shocked if Monte Harrison was on the Miami Marlins in 2023? I wouldn't be shocked. No. I would be kind of shocked. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't think. I don't think he'll be on the Marlins in 2023. At all. I don't think. I don't think there's any way. The, you, th- you you think they sell low on him, or do you mean like by sell release? low? I don't think you can sell high. What like what's a like? I mean, I they, they, they get they get they get more than a uh, Yamamoto trade or what? Yeah, it's just gonna be one of those like, hey, here's my 24 year old, 25 year old outfielder for your 19 year old guy that no one's ever seen before, besides in the backyard, you know, field. Mm. Which, hey, I'm not against that kind of trade because 
I mean, Monte Harrison, is, he's another, I love toolsy guys. Toolsy guys are so much fun to be like, wow, look at all this power. Wow. Look at that speed. Toolsy guys. How many of them actually pan out? Look, man, 10%. I'll tell you what, I'm going to respectfully disagree with you, Tyler. You know what? Because we got guys in the outfield right now that we got, we got a Corey Dickinson, right? He's going to the final year. We got a Sterling Marte going to the final year. Those are a couple of guys that you're eventually either the Marlins are going to decide what are we going to do with them? Are we going to flip them to the trade deadline or are we going to let them go for free? I'm thinking the Marlins are going to look into trading them. And when we trade them, you know what I'm saying? That's when you're talking about, all right, let's, I'm going to trade my 30 year old guy, my 29 year old, my 27 year old guy for your 19, 21, 22 year old guy. And that's what's going to happen with these other guys. So we, we hopefully that Corey Dickinson can bank out, you know what I'm saying? That Sterling Marte can bank out and we can get some more prospects. But at the end of the day, yeah, you want the Marlins to go and win the whole damn thing, but that's not going to happen. And once these other veterans get traded, that's going to open the lane for these other guys. Who's going to leave first? I don't, I'm not going to say who's going to leave first, but like the terms are like you got other guys, other options that, that are running out of options on this Marlins team, like a Harold Ramirez, like a Magnaria Sierra. You know what I'm saying? Not not just Monte Harrison. Lewis Brinson's another guy. You know what I'm saying? So you got to think about all these other guys that are on before Monte. You know what I'm saying? All the guys be, below him that are coming up to the Major League Baseball to compete. I'll pick one right now. Like, ranking all those people, where do you put Monte Harrison on, on, a, on a franchise importance of keeping? Out of all the outfield depth, if we said one to whatever number, one to – one to seven or one to ten or whatever in outfield depth, I would say Monte would be like a number five. Number five. Okay. Uh, who's ahead of him? Well, obviously, you got Corey Dickerson, you got Sterling Marte, right? And then you got the competition out. Who's going to be out in center? Is it going to be a Mags? Is it going to be Lewin Brinson? Is it going to be Harold, Harold Ramirez? I like Harold Ramirez coming into spring training, coming in hot. He was tearing it up in the Colombian League out there in the Caribbean series. So, like, a lot of people forget about Harold. And like, uh, like a lot of people are talking about, he, he might be the uh, odd guy out. So we don't know who's going to be the odd guy out because you know what? Monte has options. You know what I'm saying? Harold doesn't have options. Mags doesn't have options. So it's like, damn, what the hell are Marlins going to do? That's, yeah. That's what I'm yeah, exactly. I think Monte, <clears throat> I think Monte starts at AAA. That's, that's a solution. He had a clear problem last season. It was only 50 at bats. Um, so, I mean, it's not like a humongous sample size, but he has a clear problem is that he can't put the bat on the ball. He needs to solve it. We always knew he had this. We always knew he was a hit or miss guy. Um, let's let him try again in AAA, see if he can get that stroke back and then come back. And we'll see. Um, I'm not super extremely optimistic that he's going to find it. I mean, but I'm not as low um, as, as you're mentioning as well, Tyler. So, I mean, he has every single other tool, um, you know, at least as we saw, I mean, he was an important piece in the playoffs just as a, as a, as a, you know, pinch runner end of the game, the defensive. I mean, he, he has all that. He has the arm, he has the fielding, he has his you know, speed, as you said, um, if he can work on that K rate, which, you know, bring it down to 30, that's an impact guy. It's hard for him to bring it back, bring it out to 30. I mean, that's not, <laughs> not something that's going to be easy to do. That's not something that you can solve easily, but he knows what he has to work on. Um, yeah. So he's a defensive substitute that also is a great pinch runner in, in the extra innings. Like, I, and he can't hit. Like, it's the one thing 
like if you can't hit the ball, the ball does not go in play, which means nothing happens. It is the worst possible outcome possible at an bat. I just feel like you're just jumping. Like I, I said it before, I said it again. I feel like you're just jumping the gun on the boy. Like it's way it was premature that he played less than a sixty game season. People were coming at Magnaria Sierra and Magnaria Sierra looked pretty all right last year. And then people were like, damn, look at Mags, he's looking good. Dropped a butt, Mags. You know what I'm saying? So now it's that's what you want. You want competition on all these guys. You just gotta give them playing time and let's see what happens. But it's sixty game season, way too premature to judge yeah. these guys. I mean, I mean, with Monte, you know. What we saw last year, I don't think that's him. You know, again, he's going to strike out, but the crazy amount of strikeouts, that's not him. You know, 2019, his last, you know, minor league season, 808 OPS, um, 29.9% strikeout rate, not 50, not 45. You know, it was 29. I think he can try to get there. I, I don't think he's a lost cause. Um, again, as I agree with Alex, he's not a number one guy right now. We have several outfielders uh, before him, you know, on, on our prospect list. We have JJ, we have Jesus, we have um, Meisner, Burdick. So he's not one of the top five, ten guys right now. But I don't think he's the lost cost yet. I mean, it's just a really small sample size. But if he's not a top five now, then he never will be because the players that are coming up will just pass him. So it's not he might not even ever actually truly get a shot. He might just, hey, he comes up, he gets struck out with high fastballs and just call it a day and then gets sent down and gets traded somewhere where he can actually have an opportunity. And I think that's what's best for Monte Harrison. Honestly, Monte Harrison to the Pirates, I think, would be an excellent addition to that team. And I think he'd be a great fit on it. There you have it, Tyler Wilson with Pirates Barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, real quick, Danny, what are you thinking about uh, NL East standings? Well, I'm thinking about the NL East. I'm thinking, how about we turn this into two divisions? Jesus. I mean, this is this is crazy. Uh, we finally have a great, again, a really cool team, a good team that it, I, I tweeted about it earlier. You know, you put us in the central. We have a shot. You know, we can, we can maybe not win the division. I mean, I maybe fight you on it, but we'd be, you know, we could perfectly end up second place in that division. But now we're in the NL East and we're playing against freaking Braves who well, you saw them. Um, the, the Braves, Mets, the Nets, yeah, the Mets, the, the, the Phillies. The Nets, the Mets, Phillies, who got Ramudo. So every single day, it's the every, you know, one of those four teams is adding someone. Great, you know. So I don't know. I don't know about. I don't know about <laughs> joining the NL Central, but I hope that somewhere along the line that Ken Griffey can convince Rob Manfred that yo, we just need to put in like something like the NBA format, the best. You know, what I'm saying, what is it, the best 16 teams or whatever. You know, what I'm saying, and just go from there. So. Yeah, but it's still playing. I mean, if we if we're playing against the NL East the whole season, you know, more than against any other division, then it's still going to be a problem for us. What I'm hoping is, you know, they bring in the expansion um, two teams and they, which they've been talking about, right? They've been talking about one team per league and they divide, you know, they rearrange the divisions and we can, you know, we're out of that freaking NL East division. They just do reshuffle them and do two divisions, East and West or whatever. Um, I love because... what you're saying. I just, I love what you're saying about expanding teams right now, but like, I feel like it's not going to happen. Like, it's not the moment, right? Like, it's oh, not no, the time and the place because of the pandemic year. and shit. <laughs> no. 
no, hell no. Probably like three, four years from now, five years from now, something like that. But yeah. right now, realistically, we got to live in the present yeah, no, time. I'm, I'm talking future. You know, I'm 100% talking future. I don't think um, you want to get out of the Middle East. No. No, I, in two years? No, I wouldn't be in the Middle East in two years. Like, you see, what's coming up in that Mets system? What's coming up in the Philly system? Nationals? What do they got coming up? I yeah, want to ne- be I want to be in the Middle East in two years. <laughs> the Braves aren't going anywhere. The Mets, you know, they're extending Lindor. I assure you they're, they're extending Lindor. Um, How'd that do they, for the Cleveland oh, whenever he was on there last year? Huh? How how do you do in Cleveland whenever he was on there? You know, just kind of like, eh. you're not high on Lindor. No, I really I am, but Lindor was on the the Indians last year, right? Yeah. I mean, they didn't yeah, do it. I mean, at, at Lindor, Bieber. at Lindor to Conforto to Pete Alonso to JD Davis to freaking McCann, the catcher, to all those guys. The the um, what's his name? Um. I don't remember the first baseman that right now doesn't have a position player position. He killed it last Downtown season. Dominic Brown. Dominic Brown. Um, you know, so. add Lindor to that lineup and add him to that rotation. You know, we're getting DeGrom, Carrasco, Syndergaard. Um, who else? They're not going anywhere the next five years. You know, maybe they don't have <clears throat> too much coming up, but they have an owner who is going to be able to invest in whatever free agent, you know, the Mets are a problem, you know. As soon as as um, as uh, Cohen bought him, I knew that they were going to be a problem. Um, so more the Braves and the Mets, and two having two teams there for the next five to ten years—that's a problem. The Phillies, yeah, I'm not scared of the Phillies and the Nats. No way, they have the probably the worst um, farm system in baseball, but. But those other two, you know, we're the th- if you're going to be the third team in that division, it's going to be a problem. See, I, I disagree there. I think the Marlins are the second best team in the division in two years because I do think that gives enough time for the talent to develop to the level of the Braves and the uh, and the, the Mets. Because I think the Mets, you got to think in two years, all their stars are two years more aged and no real talent coming up to replace it. Eh, I mean, yeah, they'll spend, but. Will they spend right? Will they spend more effectively? Maybe not. They might make a way in chin uh, kind of deal. Let's all pray for that one. So, have you seen the Mets the, have already? The Mets have already shown that they're cursed. I mean, damn, they can't get nothing right. You already seen what happened. Oh, they got they got <laughs> Cohen as the owner, and then you saw everything else that happened. Yeah, um, I hope so, man. I, that guy. Did you guys see the 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 comparisons of owner? Um, you know, owner uh, money uh, between the, the Cohen and, and the rest is like him, and then the second guy, the second richest owner, was like half of his of his worth. Um, if if he if the Mets suck this year, expect crazy spending next year. Um, but yeah, it's it's a solid question: Are they going to spend correctly or not? Hopefully, they don't. Um, I'll celebrate each one, each time they don't. I mean, I celebrated this Bauer Dodgers like you can't imagine, as if as if we had gone Bauer, um, because adding Bauer to that rotation, that's it. Danny, talk to me about Danny and Tyler. We're gonna round this off. We're talking about one Marlin that you expect to turn it up this year. Who's one Marlin that you expect to go above and above average, turn it up? all-star caliber, whatever you think. 
go ahead. We start with Tyler Wilson. Oh man, this is um. Can I say I'm gonna go with the cheat. I'm gonna go with Yimmy Garcia. That's my all star. Nice. I think Yimmy Garcia is the all star for the Marlins. All star as in he's gonna be uh all star in, in holds or saves or what are you insinuating? I, I think he's gonna be a great reliever this year. I, actually, but then he might not be on the Marlins for very long. So Yimmy Garcia is going to be my surprise because uh, I think Sixto and Sandy I already have really high expectations. So Yimmy Garcia, he, did, he had a great end of the year last year after being pretty much on the sideline the entire time. Um, so that would be my prediction on that because, yeah. that that's, I, And honestly, it's really hard for me because I don't have – I don't think a lot of players are going to exceed expectations this year for me for the Marlins. I'm not. I'm not high on this roster. I'm not. I'm high on the pitchers. Yeah, I'm not going to do anything crazy. It's Brian Anderson. You know, every single year he does better. Um, I think this is the year he breaks out, and it's the year we are. It's going to hurt that we didn't extend him. Um, that's the guy, man. I mean, if he has a healthy season, you, you'll see the 25 to 30 home runs. Um, and in high, you know, high numbers. It's hashtag pay ba pay ba baby. Please. Come on, come on. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, my guy that I would pick, um, I definitely, I, I touched on it earlier with Tyler, and it's gonna be the guy behind the plate, and Jorge Alfaro. I want yes. him to freaking get it, find it together at the plate, find it together behind the plate. And just have people going wild all over social media and Marlins Park, just chant a hip hip, or hey, I could just I just imagine it now, bro. <laughs> yeah, I would love it. I mean, I, come on, I'm Colombian, you know. I, my jersey that I bought in 2019 was Alfaro 38. Um, I love the guy, um, but he has a similar situation as Monte, right? It's he knows what he needs to do with with the um, he's a toolsy guy. He needs to bring those strikeouts down and put the bat on the ball and solve those issues, wacky issues that we saw on the defense last season. You know, that's not him. Um, so hopefully he just at least get back to 2019 level. But, oh, man, that'd be amazing if he cranks it. What's a, what's a Jorge Alfaro season look like for this year? What's it, what's the, what's it look like? 17 home runs. 70 RBIs over 273 average. Uh, I'm take the under on the average. For sure. That'd be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be amazing. It's similar to um. He's gonna go on the Mondogo diet, dog. The Mondogo <laughs> diet. <laughs> <laughs> that would be similar to what he did in 2019, right? Um, yeah, I mean, he was just shy against so. 20 home runs. He would have had it. So, like, I wouldn't be surprised if he did do it. And he just has to get it together and figure it out. I'm more about his offense. Like, I'm more worried about his defense. Like, if he can get it together behind the plate and he can show that he can be the captain and anchor the whole rotation, then we're going to be good. Yeah. No, if he gets it together, that's – yeah, now we're talking about a different lineup. Wow. Anything you guys want to add before we dip out of here? I wish the Marlins would have signed Cesar Hernandez. I hate second base of this team. I really do. 
We got Jazz and Isan. It's going to be competitive and fun. And we got John Pretty out there. It's going to be a fun, 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 fun swing training, I think. It's going to be interesting for sure. I think there's going to be there's a lot of position battles. So, I mean, it's going to be a lot of fun to follow and talk about. But dark horse of the season. Dark horse of the season for the rotation. Eliezer Hernandez, Lilo. Y'all heard it here first on the barbecue, baby. Is he going to be on the Marlins all year? He's going to be on the Marlins all year. He's going to be turned up, and then we'll talk about it at the end of the next offseason. I like him. I like him. And Matt Lee said that he's, um, you know, he said his three guys that were confirmed for next season were Sandy, Pablo, and Eliezer. He didn't even mention Sixto. I mean, Sixto's probably there as well, but um, he's high on him. And Eliezer is a guy who right now can give us five amazing innings, but he needs to work on that third pitch. Um because if not, he's predictable in the sixth or seventh inning. If he really wants I to think step he was, it up. He was demonstrating it last year, I think so, before he got hurt. He was going punch for punch with Pablo Lopez. If you think about it, his slider was looking nice. His changeup was looking nice. That fastball was on point. You know what I'm saying? It was a shame that he went down. I was kind of bummed out because I had a bet going on with Red, Red Garcia. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about you guys? Um, no DH. It's a bummer. It's a damn bummer because it, at the end of the day, it comes down to freaking money. And, like, <clears throat> we already touched base on this, but, like, it's a bummer for the Marlins because now we got a gap or we got a block at first base between Aggie, Coop, exactly. and Lewin Diaz. You know what I'm saying? Kim, Kim, is preaching, Kim is preaching about, oh, let's get playing time with the young guys, but, like, what are we going to do with Cooper? What are we going to do with, with Aggie? We just paid Aggie. You know we what I'm did. saying? Assuming so, that there was going to be a DH, yeah. Yeah, and the, and I blame once again. I blame Major League Baseball because that's Rob Manfred's fault for his lack of like communication. He said, "Oh, move forward. Yeah, it's going to be a DH. No, it's not going to be a DH. Like the communication was icky, bro. And how do you have like icky communication when you're Major League Baseball? Like, I think it's crazy that I touched base on this earlier. Like they're going to have opening day and possibly like we don't know if there's going to be fans in attendance or not. I hope so." But, like, how is there not going to be fans in attendance in spring training? In the meantime, like, I know there's a pandemic and I don't want to sound ignorant and shit like that. But, like, at the Caribbean World, the Caribbean Series, you saw fans out there. You know what I'm saying? You saw fans at the Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? So there's going to come a time and a place, like, Major League Baseball has to figure it out. What's the starting nine for the Marlins on opening day? <laughs> huh. Let's see. Um, let's go position per position. For right now, it's it's Alfaro. Um, first base. Uh, first base, I'm going Aguilar. Uh, second base, I'm going Isan, Miggy at short, Brian at Anderson at third, Corey, Starling, and I think Harold is going to kill it. In in um in the spring training, I'm gonna say Harold is the right field. It's Harold or or, or Coop, um, but I'm gonna go with Harold. Just just change it up. So yeah, that's 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 my nine. Oh my eight. Who's the pitcher? I said the pitcher is Sandy, no doubt. Opening night, yeah, Sandy Alcantara. He's a race. I loved his attitude. Uh, playoffs last season, he's like. Or right before play, I was like, the Yankees have never seen him, seen me. You know, they're going to, you know, they don't know what's going to, you know, I don't know exactly what he said. He's like, they don't know what, what was coming. 
to them or something. I'd love that. That's the attitude I want to see. And he did. He lived up to it. You know, he put his money where his mouth is. I love seeing that. All right, guys. Well, there you have it, man. Alongside Tyler Wilson, Daniel Del Vivo. Thank you for joining us on Marlins Barbecue. Danny, do you want to tell us where our audience can find you at? Yeah, guys. Um, so first of all, thank you for inviting me. This was amazing. I mean, this is it. This is what you love, right? Talking about the team you, you're passionate about with two cool guys. Um, so yeah, at Daniel DeVivo um, at Twitter. You know, it's all baseball all the time. You won't find me talking about the Dolphins or whatever, or the Heat. It's all Marlins. Thank God. You don't <laughs> torture yourself as a Dolphins fan. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I'm, I'm a soccer baseball guy, but I don't talk too much about soccer on my Twitter. Um, so, yeah, it's all baseball. If you don't like baseball, don't follow me. Tyler Wilson, the, the king of Buffalo. Yeah, you can follow me there. Uh, I talk about other sports. So, uh, uh, if you would have followed me in the beginning of the year, you would have uh, followed my Justin Herbert 16-1 rookie of the year. Um, that one hit. You're welcome if you followed me on that one. Um, but yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at King Buffalo as uh, and we can uh, discuss some Marlins and um, get, try and get some hot takes, pour some fuel on the hot takes for the rest of the year. Love it. Cool one for some more exciting content, interesting content. Go to fishstripes.com. You can find us on whatever podcast you find us on. What is it? Apple, Spotify, or wherever you guys find that. Um, I'm Alice Contreras, the Real Eight Con, signing out. Thanks for joining us. Eli, cue that music, baby.